Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking OTAs. Look, I know OTAs, it's not mini camp. You're not strapped up in pads. We're not cracking on offense and defense. It's not training camp and sure as hell not games. But last week was week one of OTAs. Tomorrow, as we work into the start of June, is the second week of OTAs. And there were a couple headlines, storylines that I want to discuss and kind of take the layers back from week one in Ashburn. We saw a lot of the rookies out there, a lot of the veterans on either side of the ball. But, of course, we did not see Charles Leno, Chase Young, and Montez Sweat. Those three guys, hopefully, we see in week two of OTAs. Especially, really, bottom line, all three guys are leaders on their either side of the ball, right? We know Montez and Chase are expected to line up as bookend edge rushers opposite, right, to flank Deron Payne and John Allen or Phil Mathis or John Ridgway, whoever the big boys are in the middle at five tech, whether they got their hand in the dirt or standing up, expected to be an explosive duo moving into 2023, both guys on contract years. Who's going to outplay the other? Who's going to earn a contract? Who's not going to be here moving into next year? Obviously, you guys know. Washington declined Chase Young's fifth-year option moving into this year. He has a lot to prove. 2020 was a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. Him being the second overall pick seems like it was 20 years ago. That seems like when we date back to 2012, when we took RG3 with the second overall pick. That was over 11 years ago, which is crazy to think. But now we're moving into 2023. Now three full draft classes... Since we took Chase Young within the top three picks, Rookie Defensive Player of the Year in 2020, I get all that. But I want him to show up. We know he's a leader, but now lead within the hashes. Lead with your play. Lead with your physicality. Lead with the juice that you do have off of the edge. Be a guy that gets 9, 10, 11, or more sacks this fall. As a leader, again, in the locker room and on the football field, and showing the guys that are at these workouts that you want to work on your craft as well. We can hear everything from Ron Rivera, whoever's at the podium saying, yeah, they're at home and they're keeping their bodies fresh. Well, are they? You hope so. So I want to go into, again, take a couple of these headlines, dive into them. I was not out at OTAs, but from the people that were there, from people inside the building that were there, let's take some of these layers back as they kick off the second week of OTAs today, Tuesday, May 30th. I know per usual, you guys get a podcast out from me, an episode every Monday, but Memorial Day obviously was yesterday. Spent some time with some family, got some good food, some good drinks. Now we're back, right? Towards football, burgundy and gold, second week of OTAs. But I want to look back to last week and really peel some layers back. And bottom line, guys, it starts at tight end with Armani Rogers. Unfortunately, terribly, really, suffering the torn Achilles, going to be out for the 2023 campaign. A guy like, look, Bottom line, guys, I'm not I'm not going to look at Armani Rodgers and say he could be a Travis Kelsey-like 
tight end for this offense. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to boast over his games last year when he saw him against Green Bay and Indianapolis especially and the athlete that he could be. This guy is moving into year two right now as far as moving, making the transition from quarterback to tight end. Remember, he was a quarterback at Ohio University, came in last year as a UDFA, and did a hell of a job making the transition. But he's extremely still unrefined as a fully refined technical athlete, as far as you want to play the Y in line or you want to play the F and ask him to run routes in space. But the athletic profile that Armani Rodgers would have presented to this offense is going to be missed as we move into this fall. Because you look right now, now you bump up Curtis Hodges, another UDFA from last year, big 6'8 kid out of Arizona State. He's not going to be bumped up the depth chart. And now the three guys at the top are the similar names in Logan Thomas, John Bates, and Cole Turner. But none of those guys move the needle for me. And you guys, I'm sure, have heard the rumors as well. As far as, and they are legit from the individuals I've heard outside of the building, as far as that Logan Thomas was a cut candidate. And he still may be. But... Without Armani Rodgers, you don't have that athletic matchup nightmare that he would have presented, which really moves the needle for me towards Antonio Gibson and how much he is going to be asked to play in space at 220 plus pounds because he does have a bigger body and he does understand how to flex in space and run routes and use his hands because ladies and gentlemen, I know it goes overlooked a ton because he's made his living at running back in Washington, but he was a receiver primarily at the University of Memphis. He was a receiver, not a running back. So he is that chess piece. If Washington, if Eric Bieniemy, and everything we've heard out of the building these last few months is Antonio is going to be a flex weapon this year and the years moving forward. Now with Armani out, what is that workload going to look like? Is he going to be primarily used in space? Is he going to get a ton of carries a game behind Brian Robinson as most likely RB1 for this offense. We will see. But with no Armani, it puts the onus on Bates and Turner and Thomas, especially because of the lack of athleticism that we now have in this building. Cole Turner coming out of Nevada, big-bodied kid, can play above the rim, red zone target, But bottom line, he has trouble separating, and I saw that in year one, and then he missed time with a concussion. John Bates had a heck of a year as a blocker in year one, but is he he someone that you want to consistently threaten the intermediate portions of the offense? For me, no. Logan Thomas battled injuries, didn't live up to expectations at all last year. Within an offense that Taylor Heineke had limited arm strength and arm talents to where he thought, look, that 10 to 20 yard area of the offense, that should be Logan Thomas. Wasn't there. So we're heading into this year now. We're almost in June, folks. And this tight ends room has so many questions around it. But my only saving grace right now for me is in the form of Antonio Gibson because how I expect him to be used in space now, really prior, and then now, of course, with Armani on the shelf for 2023. So it is a huge loss for this offense. It's not backbreaking. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to sit here and say Armani Rodgers was tight end one. But for me, healthy, moving into this fall, he was a high-level tight end two for this offense. Because you look at Kansas City, it's not just Travis Kelsey. Eric Bieniemy wants to use two, three, four tight ends within his offense. Not just 12 personnel, 13. You want to run some 14 or some really exotic looks on offense. That's what Eric Bieniemy wants to do. He does not care what type of defense he's he's facing or 
Snap counts for certain athletes. If you can play, you can play. And if you create mismatches on the football field or you fit a role in what he wants to do schematically in the run game or passing game, you're going to be on the football field no matter your position, no matter if you're receiver, tight end, running back, offensive lineman, doesn't matter. Fullback, H-back, does not matter. But now losing an athlete like Armani, still, it just leaves a ton of questions towards the overall performance ceiling of this unit. And I need to see more. So hopefully we move into training camp and we, I see more from John Bates. Maybe a little lighter, quicker John Bates. Cole Turner, improved in his route running. Improve as a blocker because he can't block me right now off the edge. Those are things that he needs to improve upon. And as a unit, to where the tight end position, and we move into 2023 NFL, is a spot to where you create mismatches consistently. You look at the defensive side of the ball, Teams drafting guys like the Jamin Davises of the world. You saw the Ravens take a guy like Trenton Simpson in this draft as far as just being these modern defenders that can play all three downs that can also fill on the run and then flip their hips and run in coverage to cover these types of tight ends. It's about mismatches. It's about matchups. Armani Rogers was a matchup nightmare creating mismatches on offense. So hopefully the guys that I mentioned, the guys that you guys know, in this tight ends room can improve as we move forward into the summer. But second headline, I want to talk and stay on offense with Eric Bieniemy and the fire that he has showed. Just great reviews from scouts and coaches that I talked to this past week with the commanders as far as just the energy and fr- breath of fresh air really in the locker room with this group. We have not had that in so long. And really, you look around Washington, we just have too many coaches that stand there with their arms folded. I know you guys see a lot with Ron Rivera. If you're a Wizards fan, you see it with Wes Unsell Jr. on the sideline. Look, Eric Bieniemy screaming at Chris Rodriguez, screaming at Sam Howell after he threw the pick and he's not chasing down the corner. Those are the little things and the type of fire and energy, and it's an expectation, right? You know, you, you guys hear the cliche as far as, oh, you practice how you play. If you practice full speed, there's going to be little transition to game day. I get all that cliche crap. I get that. But at the NFL level, when you're making millions of dollars, no matter what, you show up to your to locker on, on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, you got a Monday night game, you got a check sitting there at your seat. Everybody's got a check sitting there. That's your game check. That's going to show up every single week. But it's the effort. Does that show up every single week? Does the fire, does that show up every single week? And when you got a guy like Eric Bieniemy in the building that's going to push this offense to where so much more is expected from these last three years under Scott Turner... There's too much damn talent in the building, guys, to go out this year and score 19 points a game. So there's an expectation that he's setting early in OTAs to where we move into the preseason and obviously week one with Arizona coming to town, a game right now on paper that the Burgundy and Gold is expected to win and potentially win handily. The expectation is set right now, right now, not an hour before the game or the, the night before when they're staying at the Gaylord at the National Harbors, the team hotel, and they're heading over to FedEx Field Sunday morning with their, their flashy designer clothes on, their cameras are in their face. They're not trying to get ready then. It starts now. They're preparing to win now, right? Your install, how you prep in the meeting rooms. It starts in April. It starts in May. We're already a month removed from the NFL draft, even more from free agency. And the energy that I am seeing from Eric Bieniemy, it is a virus, a positive virus. Usually when you talk about viruses in DC, 
It's as negative as possible, right? But Eric Bieniemy has brought a positive energy, overwhelmingly positive energy to this locker room, to this team, to the city, to the community, and to now to where, look, there are expectations that need to be met. And anything below that is not acceptable for Eric Bieniemy, obviously, in the success that he's had in his career so far in the years in Kansas City, right? Different environments from Kansas City now to Washington with different faces. And of course, that starts under center. And there will be speed bumps with Sam Howell this year. Not everything will be perfect, guys. It will not. But when it's behind the scenes and the individual that's leading it all, when you're captain of, when you're the commander in charge is Eric Bieniemy, if you will, is leading the charge here. And that type of energy and fire every single day at practice That gets you jacked up. That gets you wanting to run routes at full speed, both now and you work into the summer months in July, 90, 95 degree heat. When you're cracking full pads, are you going to stick your face in as a blocker when Brian Robinson's come around the edge? Or are you just going to kind of engage and let the corner disengage from you? Those are the little things. And I think the fire that he has brought to this football team fires me up. And I hope it fires you guys up as well because it will be immediately noticed. I think... From week one, moving forward into this fall. From there, I want to talk about the offensive line because there's a ton of questions still, guys, along this front five. I I like the addition, of course, of Ricky Stromberg. Braden Daniels got some work at left tackle, obviously, with Charles Leno out this week. And that's where I want to look at is left tackle and, and really the left side of this offensive line because it seems like Washington is still trying to pull something out of Sadiq Charles. Guys, I know you've heard it from me before. Washington drafted him years ago to be the Trent Williams replacement at left tackle. Let me say that again. Washington drafted Sadiq Charles out of LSU to be the replacement for Trent Williams when he departed for San Francisco. That obviously has not happened. And now sliding Sadiq into guard, where really they're kind of in that same pathway right now with Sam Cosme. Now, I think Sam had much more success early in his career than Sadiq did in his first few seasons. But is it going to be Sadiq at left guard? And then is it going to be Leno at left tackle? Because right now, I do think Charles Leno will start at left tackle in week one. But with him not being there, and you got an athletic kid in Braden Daniels at left tackle, I know the length really isn't there. The technicality really isn't there. The power isn't there just yet. These guys all have to be developed, whether you're the first overall pick or whether you're the 262nd overall pick. But this front five, the additions that they've made, I like. I really like Nick Gates. I've talked about Ricky within the middle, consistently competing, whether he starts or not. But this left side has got to find some consistency and find really the guys that are going to play. Because you line up Sidney Charles at left guard. I'm not lining him up over Andrew Norwell. We'll see if Andrew actually makes the roster. But if he's at left guard, I mean, you should then you should give Chris Paul every opportunity to start as well. I get it, guys. Look, SEC experience for the kid at LSU, day three pick. I get it. But for me, I just turn on the tape. And as a 2020 pick, you've had already three years under your belt in Washington, 24 games played, eight games started. I haven't seen anything in his game yet. Now, small sample size, right? Eight games started, small sample size. I get that too. But right now, I just don't know if I feel comfortable slotting him in along a side, a left side to where there are already issues at left tackle with Charles Leno, it's where he's an average, at times, really below average 
left tackle that may protect Sam Howell's blind side. And you got a guy in City Charles aligning next to him. This left side to where if Sam Howell, now Sam Howell does a really nice job. I mentioned in, in recent podcasts as far as the mechanics, diving into Sam Howell as far as he doesn't have a traditional drop back to where his left shoulder is closed and he's usually only has access to the middle to the right side portions of the field. He has a drop back to where he keeps his hips open and can see left to right, right to left, whatever his progression may take him, which allows him to see the entire offensive line where he's not taking these brutal shots to the backside of his ribs and his lower back for sacks and getting these free rushers. But bottom line is you're having a brand new guy under center from week one, and he wants to feel comfortable within a front five that has to improve. And Sadiq Charles, again, I, there's just no way I'm going into training camp 100%, and I'm sure as hell Eric Bieniemy isn't as well, saying, look, Sadiq Charles is our left guard. But at the end of the day, what are the other options? Because right now it is Chris Paul. If Andrew Norwell is not here, it is Chris Paul. And if it is, then you better let you, you better let that go, those guys compete. And really, I'm taking a guy like Cornelius Lucas that's played swing tackle these last few years and asking him if he could play guard. Because, guys, I got to see more from Sadiq Charles to ever sit here right now in basically early June and say, I'm, I want Sadiq Charles to be my left guard starting week one against Arizona Cardinals. So, this entire front five still has a lot of questions. Really, the only solidified spot right now is right tackle, obviously with Andrew Wiley coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs to protect Sam Howell's arm side, and I expect him to do extremely well. He could be one of the premier right tackles in all of football. He was excellent for the Kansas City Chiefs, but every single spot, right guard, right, we think it's going to be Sam Cosme, center it's going to be Nick Gates, most likely, um, and then you move over to the left side, as I just mentioned, there's just names that... It's up and down. Brayden Daniels, he was here to work in week one of OTAs. The kid's playing well. The kid looks good. The tech from the technical uh, portions of his game are improving. He's learning the protections. He's learning the offense during install. That's what OTAs is so big for. He's here learning. Charles Leno doesn't want to show up. Maybe he thinks he has the spot. Oh, we just drafted a kid to come and compete with you. I'm a guy that loves to uh, snaps are earned. They're never given. Ron Rivera's like that too. You guys know that's my mantra. For this podcast, for this episode, for this for this podcast in general, is I'm always a guy. Snaps are earned; they are not given. And in a roster that has had sub 500, 500 football since Ron Rivera's been in town, there shouldn't be snaps that are just here. You go. This this is you're paying this this amount of money. Here you go. This is your position. Shouldn't be that way. I'm competing. This isn't high school football. The senior starts over the freshman. That's not how this works. I'm trying to get the best guys in the football field. And that's exactly how Eric Bieniemy carries himself as well. And a lot of the time, that's what Ron Rivera does, except for certain occasions. So, Sadiq Charles at left guard, I got questions. I got a lot of questions. But Braden Daniels, left tackle, guard, he can play it all. Let the kid compete with Charles Leno right away. And another guy again, Cornelius Lucas, I can play left tackle, play right tackle. If they don't see that Sadiq or Andrew, whoever's going to play guard, be that guy. Let Cornelius get some reps inside as well, because I think he could do that in a pinch also, but it just bottom line, there's got to be questions that have to be answered along this front five as we move in to the next few months. So guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Just kind of a quick hitter, little recap of OTAs. We got week two of OTAs now kicked off in Ashburn this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, please leave a like, review, share, subscribe. I'm on Twitter. If you don't follow me already at underscore Ryan Fowler, all my written work, more audio, video content is at thedraftnetwork.com. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. Beautiful weather. Hope you guys maybe get out to the beach, down Ocean City, or wherever your favorite type of beach is. If you're going south, 
Summer's coming soon, which means more football. Again, we're already into week two of OTAs, mini camps. We get the pads on. We start to crack. We can all see all these rookies. We can see Manuel Forbes and Quan Martin, Ricky and Braden along the front five. We look towards KJ Henry, Andre Jones, Chris Rodriguez, all the guys starting to get pads on soon and start to crack. That's the best time of the year. We're getting closer and closer every single day, every single week that goes by. We're moving closer towards Burgundy and Gold football this September. Again, week one, kicking off against the Arizona Cardinals is going to be here sooner then you know it. So I'm, I'm excited. I know you guys are too. Appreciate you always sticking along with me throughout this journey. Talk to you guys next Monday. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.